It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. The San Jose Sharks Audio Network presents NHL Entry Draft Coverage, a look at the future of Sharks hockey. Hello, Sharks fans. I'm Dan Rusinowski. Welcome to our Draft Week coverage for the 2023 NHL Entry Draft that will be taking place in Nashville. We're really privileged to have the general manager of the San Jose Sharks, Mike Greer, here. And, Mike, before we get into the nuts and the bolts of what you guys are about to go through, you've had a few weeks to think about uh, how everything went your first season. Uh, how do you assess what you learned, what progress you made, and how much work you still have to do? Well, there's a lot of work ahead still. Um, I think we're we're happy overall with um, kind of the direction we've, we've taken the franchise and the steps we've made to kind of in, improve the prospect pool and and um, some of the things we've put in place around as, as far as scouting and player development and things like that. So um, we feel like we're moving in the right direction. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind. I've learned a lot. Um, I've been fortunate to have good people around me and to help me kind of guide me through some of the things as a first-time GM. But um, overall, I think uh, I think it's gone it's gone it's gone all right. You've made two really big trades since you became the general manager. Brent Burns was sent to the Carolina Hurricanes, and at the deadline near that, you had Timo Meyer going to the New Jersey Devils in return for a, a whole passel of, of great prospects for the future. And in one case, Stephen Lawrence, who was part of your team, came in that Brent Burns trade. Uh, now, that, as you look back at that, uh, how do you feel about what you acquired and, and how it helped your team? Yeah, I think we feel good about the, the pieces we got back. Um, you know, it was almost a little bit of a changing of the guard. Moving uh, Burnsy, you know, it was, it's not an easy thing. You know, he's a, a beloved player here and a great guy. And so it was tough to move on. But, you know, I think we felt like not only did we do right by the organization, but we did right by him kind of helping him with his request to kind of move on. Um, and then Timo thing was also difficult. He was, he's a great player. He's a young player. He was producing for us and, and playing well and a big part of the team. But, um you know, I think we felt like it was a necessary thing we needed to do to kind of push the push the organization forward and kind of turn over a new leaf and, and start building a um, a little bit of a new core and a, a new foundation. 60 points the regular season, first time in a long time that it's been at that level after 82 games. But uh, looking at the non-playoff situation, you still got some guys that did get some sort of playoff experience. And I'm talking about most of your coaching staff going with Team USA and young Henry Thrun to the world championships where they had quite a, a tournament also nico sturm had a great tournament ended up with a medal and uh, also martin kaut played for the czech republic and what about the experience that those guys get in that situation to at least mitigate the fact that you didn't get any stanley cup playoff games yeah it's very valuable um i think those whenever you play for your country it's a whole different type of pressure um so you got to perform you want to do well you don't want to feel like not only you're you let your coaches down or your teammates down, but you don't want to let the country down. So it's a whole different type of pressure. And to play in those medal round games for all those guys, I think was a great experience. And I think they'll they'll all grow from it and uh, hopefully be better players from it. One thing that slowed you down a little bit in terms of making progress during the season was dealing with injuries. Luke Cunnan, for instance, uh, ACL injury got him knocked out for the full season. 
Uh, William Eklund at the end of the year showing a lot of progress. Then he had to have a surgery for the torn labrum. It's going to keep him out until training camp, I guess. And a couple of other guys, Jonah Gadjevich and goaltender Etu Makaniemi and Nikita Okotiuk, who you never even got a chance to see after acquiring him from New Jersey. Just give us a, a, a progress update with where these guys are at. Yeah, I mean, injuries are always a part of it. I think overall we kind of lucked out. We were, we were fairly healthy as a group um, for the most part. Um, I think uh, Aki's doing well in his rehab. Uh, he'll be ready for ready for training camp, which is good. He should be able to uh, hopefully have a somewhat normal schedule as far as tra- strength training goes for him. Um, Nikita, the same we checked on him. His surgery went well, and he's um, he's already beginning his off-ice workout. So um, I think they're all in good shape. Connie was back here, you know, towards the end of the season, starting his rehab, and you could, could tell he was just walking around. He wanted to get back out there with the guys you can never tell that couldn't even tell that he just had his ACL surgery so they're all good um Mackie and Emmy's doing well too so they all should be ready um ready for camp and have fairly normal summers as far as training goes what about the prospect pool that you inherited you've got guys like Philip Beestead who had a really good season in Sweden you have Cam Lund who started out at Northeastern University with a bang and a couple of other players, um, Matthias Havel and Jake Furlong played a lot of uh, playoff games for Halifax too. Um, how about the the pool that you have going into the draft? Yeah, those kids, uh, the guys we, we picked last year, they, they all did well. Um, I think they had good years. Uh, even Mason Bopet, Winnipeg had a good run, um, even though he was in and out of the net. They had a good run in the Western Hockey League. Um, Bicet was Swedish player player young player of the year so he played full season with the men in the men's league which as an 18 year old was pretty difficult to do and played pretty pretty much held down their third line center role and um got some power play time so it was good for him and um jake like you said their their team went all the way to the 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 finals of the quebec league and lost out to a pretty good quebec quebec team like you're seeing now i think the quebec team is the best they get the best record in the memorial cup right now so Good experience for him. He did well. And then, uh, you know, Havlid, once he got back from his um, his back injury, he played well and played with the men's team the whole year and ran their power play. So we're really excited. Cam Lund, um, as an 18-year-old kid, went in and played in Hockey East, which is not easy to do, and played, you know, top six minutes, played on the power play, played on the first line for a lot of the season. So um, we're really, really happy with the progress these, ki- these kids have made. And, um, you know, we're looking for more of the same coming into this year. You know, we were talking to Chris Morehouse and Scott Fitzgerald about a week, 10 days ago, about uh, the type of players that you're looking for in the upcoming draft. And I'm thinking, too, Ethan Cardwell, who had a really good year in the OHL, your prospect of the year. Um, One thing that jumps out to me about him in particular is a a competitive nature, but also the ability to be a leader. Are those some of the characteristics that that you're really focusing on in the draft? Yeah, I think um, someone's competitiveness is is really important to – to me and to our scouts and to us as an organization as a whole, I think it's, um, I think that's what wins when you get down, you know, obviously you have to have talent and skill, but the competitive players, the people who drag other people into the fight are the people that end up winning at the end of the day. I think you can see some of that with um, Florida, with bringing in Matthew Chuck. They gave away a lot, um, especially when you just look at the, the talent-wise they gave away, but they brought in a, a hyper-competitive player who's, raised everyone else's game around him and you know I think that's not only us but I think that's what every every team in the league's looking at that's what matters when it comes down to winning time well you got 12 picks in the draft that's the most you've had uh, for the Sharks at least in over 20 years 
going back to the Halcyon years from the Cow Palace into the early years of SAP Center. But you've got the fourth pick, you've got the 26th pick and the 36th pick at this point. How happy are you with, uh, with the spots that you're in? And uh, what type of excitement do you normally get around the draft, given the fact that you have such high picks in the top 40? Yeah, it's very exciting. I know our, our scouts have done a really good job. I think they're they're super excited as well, and we feel like we're going to walk away from there with three really good players um, at the top of the draft. And you know, we got a lot of picks, but it also gives us the flexibility to kind of move around the draft as as we see fit. Whether that's you know moving up, sliding back, we can kind of maneuver and and get around if players are sliding or falling, or the the draft is is going a certain way. We we have some flexibility there, but. Um, we're happy. We're thrilled that we get, you know, especially with those first three picks, we think we're going to get three really good players who have a chance to be part of our, uh, our core as we build this thing up. Also, the draft is a lot deeper than people think, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent. I think, uh, you know, every year kids are getting more skilled and, and talented and working on their games. So, um, there's a lot of good players in the draft and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to land a few of them. You talk about the possibility of maybe moving in the draft should the situation arise. Uh, obviously, that happens during the course of the time on the table. But um, amongst the, the players that are, I guess you could say, put in that group of, say, five or six players that everybody's talking about, you have the fourth pick overall. Um, I remember a couple of other drafts where, uh, for instance, Milan Michalik went sixth overall back in 2003. And he was described as being maybe the most NHL-ready player in the draft. Then I remember another time where the Sharks traded down from two to three, drafted Brad Stewart, but got a second round pick that ended up to be a Rocket Richard Trophy winner, Jonathan Chichu, because another team wanted to move. Um, What goes into your decision about the type of player you want to pick with that four slot or wherever you end up? Um, You know, there are a number of guys in that group of six players that might not be here for a couple of years, but you're not worried about that, are you? No, not really. I think, um, you know, for the most part, we'll have kind of our our cutoffs of, where we don't want to move, you know, down past to miss on them players where we think there's some impact players on, especially at the top of the draft, and we want to make sure we get one of those guys. So, um, you know, you got to kind of weigh the, the value and the, what you're giving up and what you're possibly getting. Last year, um, in the spot we were at, at at 11, we kind of thought, you know, there wasn't a, a player there that we were in love with, so we figured, you know, we could slide back and gain some assets and, we'd, and still get a good player. And we, it, luckily for us, it worked out that way. We were able to move back, um, get by Stad, and then also, also get London Havlet at, at the top of the second round. So um, you just kind of see how the draft is falling, see see how it shakes out with your with your own board. And, you know, if it makes sense to move back, um, you know, we'll move back. But and if someone starts sliding, then, you know, we'll definitely look at trying to, to move up as well. You're the general manager, so it's a bit of a different role, but you've been through a few drafts before you got to the Sharks. Certainly your work with uh, Chris Drury with the Rangers, um, you saw some of what could happen on the draft. Do you have any crazy things that have ever happened to you? No, I think it's I think it's more, uh, there's just always just surprises of people getting taken where you didn't think they were going to take or people being on being people being available you didn't think were going to be available. And I think um, that's where you got to kind of be ready to act to act i think um you know the rangers we kind of identified a couple d where it worked out where you know keandre miller was still there so we made, made a move to get him and then you know the year before i got there with Braden schneider they you know he was another player they kind of identified and he started sliding so they moved up and grabbed them and now they're two of their uh 
going to be in their top six D for a long, long time. So I think you just got to be ready to react. It's always, uh, it never goes the way you think it's going to go or way, or however the mock drafts say they're going to go. It's always, there's always twists and turns and, and things were always a little bit different. Well, back in 1995, the Sharks had 12 picks and the year before they had 12 picks. And I'm looking at the list and in 1995, out of the 12, only two really made it to the NHL. The year before that, there were four players, including Evgeny Novakov, who's still with the Sharks organization. But is that an indication that, that, that the expectation is to do your best you can, but the hardest part of figuring out the draft is what these guys that are 18 are going to be like when they're 25? Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, not an exact science, and it's difficult when you're trying to project, project 17 and 18-year-old kids what they're going to be like when they're 23, 24. It's a difficult thing, um, you know, when you have, factor in all the emotions and skill development where they're playing you know coaching and all that there's just so much that goes into how these the kids that make it and don't make it so I think that's been a big part why we've tried to invest in our player development um you know Todd Marchant leading our player development staff and Nicholas Sundstrom in, in Europe's been good for Bison and Havlid and and Jacobson who are over there and having Tommy Wingles and Lucas Spiza here visiting and continually working with our players um, who aren't, you know, here with us every day, but also at the same time keeping tabs on our players in the Barracuda. And then, you know, we're fortunate enough to have Mike Ricci around as well to kind of be on the ice and and, and help and talk to the guys in the Barracuda. So um, player development is, is so much a part of it and environment is so much a part of it, whether these kids make it or not. So we'll do our best to evaluate these kids, pick the kids we think are good players and they're going to make it. And then you know, from then on, it's up to us and as a as an organization and our player development staff to make sure these kids grow and develop and hopefully become sharks. Leading to the draft, you've got the draft combine, and then right after the draft, you'll have the development camp here at uh, at Sharks Ice at uh, at Tech CU Arena uh, with all of your prospects coming in. Uh, talk about what you expect to get out of those two events. Uh, well, the combine's good for a few things. Um, one, it's good to sit down and interview and see these kids face to face, look them, look them in the eye, and um, hear what they have to say about uh, their own personality, uh, their game, you know, just the way they view life and and things like that. Um, I think you can learn a lot from just sitting down and talking with someone and kind of uh, get a feel for them that way. You also get to see a little bit of their compete when they do the physical testing, or kids willing to you know, push through it when it gets tough or are they gonna they're gonna give up and, and kinda take the easy way out. And then also some of uh like we talked about, these are seventeen, eighteen year old kids, so you also get to see the physical makeup of the kid. Is it someone you look at and say, All right, he's got the frame to put on another twenty pounds or you look at him and say, Well, he's he's pretty slight. He's he's a skinny kid. It might be hard for him to, to put on the weight he's gonna need to play in the NHL. So those things are all very important to kinda get a look at these kids and get eyes on them firsthand and get to know them a little bit personality-wise. So then um, development camp is just, I think it's just good to get. These are your prospects, especially the drafted kids. You want to make them feel part of the Sharks organization, um, get them around the coaches and the player development staff and the, their fellow prospects. So um, it's a good learning tool for them to learn about, you know, social media, um, diet, nutrition, strength training. Um, you know, the on-ice part will give them a little bit, but, um, that's not even the biggest part of it. I think it's all the off-ice um, information we're going to give them and and also just make them feel and feel loved and feel part of the Sharks organization and hopefully 
you know, once they're kind of around the building and around each other, kind of really send them on their way in the summer, feeling like they got it, they know what they need to do and, and be excited about the possibility, possibility of being a shark. It's a real eye opener for those kids, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think so. Especially the ones here for their first time, you know, um, you've always been one of the best players probably since you were 10, 10 years old. And, uh, you know, then you get in this setting, you realize, you know, there's other really good players out there. Um, there's bigger players, there's faster players, and you kind of get a taste of this is this is the competition, you know, while I'm learning these new teammates and new friends and, and new new people part of the organization that I'm going to have to really push myself to make it into the NHL. There's going to be a lot of hard work that goes into it. So it's, um, it's a good week for those kids. Um, you know, the social media stuff and the information as far as that stuff's important for them as well. So they can hopefully stay out of trouble. And, uh, you know, some of these kids are playing junior and, and things like that. So we can give them some dietary and nutrition information too. They're sitting on the bus for seven, eight hours and hopefully not just eating McDonald's every day. So we can give them a lot of information and hope them, hopefully, they'll leave here excited about being a shark. Well, as my hockey coach in high school once told me, uh, you have to make the practices really hard and the preparation really hard so that the games feel a little bit easier. Uh, You feel, I I, I get the sense from Scott Fitzgerald and from Chris Morehouse and from Todd Marchant that you guys are really well prepared. You're really excited about about seeing that all come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, um, they put in a lot of time, especially um, Toddy. He's put in a lot of time. He's run these before, so he knows what he wants, but... um, I think he's really excited, really excited to see everyone here um, and start to mold mold some of these players and help develop them. I think that's the exciting part. Drafting is, it's all, you know, exciting. and But once you actually get them in the door here, I think that's where the, that's where the hard work starts, but also the fun and excitement comes into where you actually kind of see these kids and think that if we can really help them develop, you know, we, we could have a player here, so. Um, I know he's really excited and the staff's really excited to, to draft some good players and Toddy and his staff are really excited to develop these kids. We're looking forward to seeing all of it. We're excited to see it out on the draft floor and I want to wish you the best of luck and have fun with it. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. should be good. We're looking forward to seeing all of you at SAP Center on June 28th for our draft party. Doors open at 3 o'clock. It's open to everybody. And for the first time ever, you'll have an opportunity to get your picture taken with the Patrick Marlowe banner that's going to be lowered from the Raptors just for that occasion. So make sure you check that out. Of course, we'll have all of the coverage of the first round of the NHL draft, which will be on the big screen during the draft party and, of course, on ESPN. And, of course, the second day from rounds two through seven will be on the NHL Network and ESPN+. Plus. So we look forward to all of that. And we'll have great coverage additionally on the Sharks Audio Network with some special exclusives for all of the Sharks draft picks. We look forward to seeing you. This is a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. (laughs) 